is the Go Blue Crew. Hey there, everyone. Welcome to episode 118 of the Go Blue Crew. I'm Tyler Fenwick, joined by uh, Derek Devine. And I know we've been away for a long time and we kind of planned for that, although I don't know if we were counting on it being this long. It's been like, what, a month, Derek? Yeah, three weeks, four weeks. Three weeks, okay. I I think originally we were like maybe one week on, one week off because um, sports has been indefinitely canceled. So yeah, it's hard to... It's hard to not be like a professional beat writer and just come up with, ah, hey, I guess we'll uh, talk about this for a little while because you know you're we're not embedded in into the the programs as as they are like the athletic and them live and the free press and they of course continue to to put out good content and good podcasts. I don't know if you uh if you ever listened to Nick Baumgartner's and uh, um I'm I'm skipping a name at the athletic Branding but. Um, him and, and the other the other football writer, I think they they put out a uh, a, a good a good podcast. Does um, he still do it with Quinn? I don't know. I don't know. This we should actually turn this into the uh, into, into like a, a celebrity Michigan beat writer celebrity podcast. We could do that. Maybe next episode. We'll just though. analyze all of the the articles coming out. <laughs> It'd be. We'd shoot up the list on on Apple Podcasts. I bet you uh you ask what you know how long it's been. I think it's been three or four weeks, and I'm sure as everybody can relate to. I mean, things are just crazy right now, and I just don't know what day it is ever. I feel like like it's like I'll wake up and have to be like, oh, well, it's Friday. Nope, Tuesday. Oh, nope, we, Thursday. <laughs> we should note the date though for listeners for reference. It's uh, Thursday, April twenty third. If you ever listen to NPR podcasts, I know we're plugging a bunch of other podcasts, but that's all right. If you ever listen to NPR podcasts, uh, some of them will, will say like, you know, today, or, or it says 4.42 p.m. on Thursday, April 23rd. By the time you hear this, things might have changed. I'm giving that disclaimer because we're talking about Franz Wagner and his decision to return to uh, the Michigan basketball program, which it wasn't you know, all that surprising, but... Given how the recruiting trail has been shaking out over the last few weeks, uh, it was just nice to get some of that reassurance. And I know I I think of him as perhaps Michigan's best overall player next season. And that's obviously, um, I mean, even if he's not the best player, he's going to be a good and important player. But I'm wondering where you think he fits into the the mold next season for this team. Yeah, we'll talk more about Isaiah Livers, um, who's still testing the NBA draft waters. And, and we'll also talk about some of the recruits that Michigan's missed out on. But I think regardless that uh, Franz Wagner could be and should be Michigan's best player, uh, I think because of what he brings uh, offensively and defensively. He's had great streaks on offense, um, and he's had um, you know some bad games, too. Uh, but his defense, especially when he turned the corner defensively, seemed to be solid almost every other game. If he wasn't making impact on offense, uh, you could count on him getting stops on the defensive end, um, guarding some of the other opposing teams' best players at times as well. And so I think that the same kind of jump you saw Mo Wagner take uh, after his first year, I think Franz Wagner can take that, if not bigger, again, because I think he had probably a more impressive freshman year overall. Um, and I think he very well 
is probably already, if not going to be soon, uh, Michigan's best player all around. So CBS Sports, their NBA, um, their their top one hundred. Uh, you know, they put John Teske twenty eight. Uh, Isaiah Livers was in there at, at ninety nine. Uh, was was Wagner even in there? I, I don't think uh, they did. They did not make. I don't think I don't think Wagner made it, but you know, so it's, it's not that much of a surprise. And I'm sorry if he did make it, and I just uh, skipped that one as I was skimming an article. But uh, I think if you remember early in the season, he was aggressive. You know, when he finally got into the lineup after that that uh, wrist injury, and he tried to dunk on a couple of players. Do you remember this? Yeah, mm-hmm. I mean he. he Obviously, no, no lack in aggression, but he, he kind of figured out, okay, that's, I'm not quite strong enough to do that. What he did, though, over the rest of the season was use his length to his advantage. He was very good off the dribble going to the bucket because very few defenders could, could go up with him and, and really alter his shot. And if, you, you know, if he's able to pack on some pounds and some muscle this offseason – uh, maybe he he adds he adds that I'm gonna dunk on you part to his game along with the length and the sort of finesse that he showed in his freshman season, and then of course you know he's he's a really good shooter who who went a little up and down, but I don't I don't think that's uh, much of anything to be concerned about, especially considering that injury, and and you would expect him to have a little bit of a of a learning curve, you know, coming off coming off something like that and trying to just readjust his his shot. And he did get quicker with his release, I noticed, especially late in the season. He was a lot quicker with his release. He's just somebody I'm really, really excited to see play because I think he's the kind of presence that, that any team needs, or I should say that, that, that any team would, would really want. And he's going to be doing it on a Michigan team that's uh, going to, going to have a, a pretty wide mix of, of veteran players and, and younger, younger guys who are looking to become stars. And, and he's going to be kind of in the middle of that. I mean, he was there one year. Uh, you can't call a second year player a veteran, even though in, in college hoops, it kind of seems like they are. I'm, I'm just excited to see like his, his presence on the court as a potential go-to guy, as somebody who can like make exciting plays on both ends of the court. I, th- I think that's going to be just just awesome for Michigan to have. Yeah, I think that if you look outside of, and you probably have to go actually outside of the Big Ten. I was originally just going to say outside of Michigan fans. Um, he's still probably relatively um, unheard of and not talked very much about, which I think is uh, kind of a cool advantage. I think it's one of those things where other teams early in the season will look. I think of like a, a Kentucky matchup. Uh, I know that's up in the air on whether or not they'll do the the big trip or not, but like you, you almost like uh, Michigan seems like a team who you know lost great senior leaders and you know, Franz Wagner was okay, but I think people are underestimating and and undervaluing how good he could actually be because like you talked about and like we've talked about during the season when he was on like that dude was on like you just could not help but smile and think like he could be really good and that's the same reason 
people were hesitant and even knowing if he'd come back for a sophomore season, knowing that uh, NBA scouts were drooling over his potential while he was overseas. He made the decision to come to Michigan. It's always been talked about as a couple of year plan um, decides to now come back for a sophomore season. I think people, maybe they haven't forgotten what kind of potential he has, but I think that there's still going to be a lot of people surprised out there when he could be averaging 15, 17 points a game. And again, playing really solid defensively. I think that he obviously returning makes a huge impact, especially with um, some of the changes that happened on the recruiting trail and the fact that Isaiah Livers could leave. But I think that Michigan's in really good hands because you're going to have a hard time finding a player similar to a Franz Wagner anywhere in the Big Ten. And really just the way he plays in general, the experience he has and the skill set he has just seems so unique like Mo Wagner had in college that I just think that he's going to really kind of shoot up the the draft list going into the 2021 draft. And yeah, I do expect this to be his last year. And a lot of it just because I had big expectations for uh, how he can perform on the court. And I think Michigan's just going to have, uh, I mean, they're in so much better hands uh, when he turns that corner uh, like he did uh, even this season as a freshman. So I can go back now and, and correct myself. When I was referencing a top 100 list, that is ESPN. So John Teske, 98, Isaiah Livers, 99. Um, the, the top 75 is CBS. That's what they do. So CBS Sports, top 75. And um, neither Isaiah Livers nor Franz Wagner made that cut. So speaking of Livers, you know, he's the lone player on Michigan's team to not decide yet if he's going to the NBA or coming back. What do you expect him to do? The, the deadline, by the way, is uh, June 15th. So we definitely have a while, but what do you expect him to do? Yeah, I think a lot of those dates too are, I mean, I feel like everything still seems like it's up in the air. So I don't even know what to, what to even think in terms of timelines and, and how to even like process how these guys are even potentially processing these steps. I mean, obviously it's your dream to uh, play in the NBA uh, you don't dream to return for a senior season if you can go make millions of dollars in the NBA or even, I mean, you see guys go into the G League now for 400K uh, straight from high school, which um, I'm sure we can touch on too. But I feel like he'll be back uh, just because, I mean, there's multiple lists and, and these, I think these lists are usually pretty good. And like I was looking at the, the CBS Sports one, I think they have 76 people listed for their 2020 uh, prospect rankings. Obviously, he has conversations with people himself. Uh, obviously, he's in different talks, and there could be a team out there that says, hey, you know, we're really interested in you in the second round, and that doesn't mean he's going to appear on these lists. Um, we can't obviously identify those conversations, but I'm feeling pretty confident that he will be back. I think that he'll benefit from it. Um, it's hard to say that because I feel like then some people think that someone like myself is in the camp of like, oh, you just want him back. Or I really do think he could benefit from it. But if the opportunity is there, I'd also say go get it. Uh, if if a team said that, hey, in the second round, we trust your potential over X amount of players, then uh, we might draft you. Then I might stay. Um, but, yeah, I, I think he'll probably be back just because there are a lot of solid players. Uh, and I think that the NBA draft for him – only could look better in 2021, uh, especially with all this chaos going on. 
yeah, who knows, like, you know, what he would have done had he had a whole healthy season and played really well. But I think that's the reason he comes back ultimately is to have a chance to play an entire season healthy and show what he can do. Because it's one thing for us, you know, is we watch every game and we watch highlights and we watch past games and it's kind of easy at that point to see the NBA potential. But, uh, you know, it, it would be hard for a player like him who's not an, an automatic you know, lottery pick, you know, not, not an automatic first rounder to have his last college season uh, pretty significantly limited by injury. I, I don't know that that jump would make a whole lot of sense. So I, I think he'll eventually come back too. And it'll be a really big deal if he does, because, I mean, one, he's re- a really good player, obviously, but but two, Michigan went through some uh, pretty heavy ups and downs on the recruiting trail, losing two five stars in uh, back-to-back days, uh, taking Jace Howard, who was going to be a walk-on eventually, Juwan Howard's son, and he's on scholarship now, picking up a transfer guard. I mean, there's just been so much going on, and uh, we're sitting here with with one scholarship spot left, and, and that's that's accounting for Isaiah Livers returning. So if Isaiah Livers doesn't return, you're looking at two of these scholarships. As it is now, though, if he returns one scholarship left, I guess just the recruiting, the recruiting trail, and the the decisions that are being made, like, is this making you nervous at all as a fan? Like, I I don't know, because I didn't know really how to feel through all of this. Yeah, I think my perspective has changed a little bit. Obviously, when you get the the news, what was it? late one night and early the next morning, uh, Christopher going to Arizona state first and Isaiah Todd, um, going to the the G league, um, signing a pro contract. I think it's a lot to take in, but I think, and we even uh, chatted about this or texted about this when it happened. Um, cause I think we were maybe going to podcast that week or at least soon. I feel like I wasn't super surprised. I think that you kind of hold on to that hope and, you know, Josh Christopher played his games of uh, uploading things and deleting them and um, saying that uh, uh, just all these tweets that were implying basically things that, that apply to all the schools. And I, and I feel like like one of them is like the team has yellow in it. And I felt like saying, hey, Michigan's May, so he's not going, but he's not probably thinking in that way. But I feel like he was playing games and. I wanted him obviously to choose Michigan as every Michigan fan did. But by the time it came to like two or three days before, I just thought like, man, this doesn't seem like, I don't know. It seemed like he was playing too many games to have all those crystal balls go towards Michigan for him to just then pick where everyone was thinking he was going anyway. And then for Isaiah Todd, um, there were people that looked into, Hey, he took everything Michigan off his social. And um, he's been uh, thinking about maybe the pro route for a couple of months. Now he also felt like a guy where it never actually felt like he was on the roster. I think that's the easy part for me is to like, let go of those things. These guys never played a minute as uh, at Michigan. And so I think that, yeah, that, that hope and that like, man, that would have been awesome to see these two studs on the court would have really changed the roster. I think that's disappointing to not have, I think the not getting the five stars when uh, Juwan Howard looked like, looked like things were so promising uh, in the recruiting realm. I think that it was like a lot of hype, and it was a, brought a lot of disappointment. But all that to say, not surprised by either of those decisions. 
and I think with the other recruits, the Zeb Jackson, Hunter Dickinson's, uh, I feel like Michigan is probably in a better place because now I don't see anyone coming in on the roster who will likely be a one and done. Uh, and I think that the way college basketball is trending, the way the G League is now offering these contracts that include some sort of education, I think that Michigan might be better off without those guys. Because if you don't do anything in 2020, 2021, and who knows what college sports, what any sports will even look like by the time the season rolls around, those guys are gone to the NBA. And so it's really that that one-year model, which we thought would completely change with Juwan Howard. It looks like, though, now he's got some guys that might be able to stick around and develop. And even a guy like his son, Jace Howard, maybe doesn't have the, the skills that um, some of these other players have. But this guy could be a stud in, in three years uh, and be a really big difference maker. Think of an Eli Brooks who turned it on this year. Um, and that's a guy who didn't come in all that highly recruited. And so I, I think that Michigan's probably better off. But, yeah, I mean, we're going to miss some of the, the highlight real stuff. Uh, from Josh Christopher and Isaiah Todd. But I think with the way hoops is trending, especially in the college realm, I think that Michigan's probably better off with the players that they have on the roster, especially if Isaiah Livers returns. Yeah, I mean, you mentioned Hunter Dickinson, uh, Zeb Jackson, then there's uh, Terrence Williams as well. Uh, This is the number eight recruiting class in the country, according to 24-7 Sports, number one in the Big Ten. Like, I know it's easy to get caught up in the fact that you lost – two five stars who on paper were committed to your, or, okay, I should, I should take that back. One was committed to your program. The other, uh, it, you know, it looked like that was going to be the case and you lose them both. And you're like, Oh my gosh, what is happening? You still got the number eight class in the country. Number one, in the big 10, we've got a good, it, it, these recruits aren't coming in trying to rebuild a program. Obviously you got good players that they're going to play alongside with and learn from. I, I, I think there was definitely overreacting on my part too. I mean, I didn't have a meltdown on social media or anything, but it was just like, dang, that really sucks. Cause early in the season, you know, these, these, these players are, are trying offers from Michigan and that's a little new and then, then they're committing and it's like, Whoa, what, what is happening? <laughs> so it was just a little bit of an, an adjustment, but uh, I, I think you're right that it, it uh, well, okay. So you're right. And I'll add a little bit to it college basketball is so fluid. It's changing constantly. The dynamic of it is changing that, you know, obviously it's important to get good players. That's a given, but it wasn't that important. I don't think for Michigan's trajectory to get um, one or the other of two five stars who eventually walked away. So I, I think that may have been a little bit of, uh, the the impact that may have been a little oversold. Yeah, and I think the other thing that's hard to consider too is this is happening to other teams. There are guys that had already committed, guys that were near signing, guys who had had the paperwork and that are choosing this different route because this kind of came out of nowhere. Um, obviously, it had been in the works for a while, but it wasn't like we were even contemplating um, some of these guys choosing this route. Um, and so some of these new names that are now going the pro route – it's, I mean, it's surprising, but it's not because of the way college basketball is structured. I think Michigan has everything they need on their roster, and those other additions would have just been obviously incredible and fun to watch. But you replace a, a John Teske with someone who's probably going to be a better John Teske. 
You've got a great guard and Zeb Jackson coming in. Terrence Williams seems like the perfect re- replacement for an Isaiah Livers. Uh, again, Jace Howard has size and can do a lot. You've uh, brought in a, a graduate um, transfer and Mike Smith um, to kind of help at the point guard position, uh, which obviously we're losing uh, one of the one of the better point guards in the country, uh, even though maybe at a different style of play compared to any point guard in the country. Uh, and Xavier Simpson. And so I feel like, yeah, you, you look at Julius going and that felt like the guy who um, was next in line after Xavier and Derek Walton and Trey Burke and even further back. But I feel like you've replaced everything you're losing and you've added some great additions on top of that, considering Franz is coming back, considering Zay Livers could come back still. I mean, you're going to likely have a better team. It might take a little while to get it going. I don't think you'll have that hot Atlanta start in 2020 and 2021, but I think that the team will be better in big 10 play and just better as the season goes along. Cause these guys that come in, this is four freshmen. They already seem kind of close. Even if you just look at the socials, I mean, they've got to be excited to play. Uh, and this is their way to get to that next level. Uh, these guys aren't offered that route that the others were. And I think that as long as Juwan Howard and, and all coaches will have to do this, but you might start losing those top 10 players to the G league or overseas or whatever changes. If the one and done's um, over and the NBA is allowing people to jump straight for the draft, but you've got to find the new five stars. And I think that Juwan Howard will still be able to do that. And I think guys like a Hunter Dickinson um, six best in his position near top 30 uh, in the country. He is that next best player. Uh, that you can get the guy that's maybe not going to get the G League contract, but is still uh, very highly recruited at a size. And so I think that Michigan's sitting pretty, and I and I think that it should be probably even more of a fun season um, than last year. Uh, and I think that yeah, you again lose some of the highlight reel stuff, but I'd rather have some guys that stick around for a while. Okay, our last order of business. I have an offer for you if you're interested. Yep. Okay, so Isaiah Livers, we're waiting on a decision. No matter what the decision is, we will each put a date on it. So I'll give mine first. I think his decision will come May 8th. And what happens is whoever's closest between us, somewhere down the line, when it becomes a little safer to go outside, and we can just head to the grocery store or the liquor store, if you get where I'm going here, it's a it's a nice six pack on the other person. Okay. I'm not, you know, if you want to go get a Coors Light or something, fine. But I'm I'm saying you go out and you splurge a little bit on the nice six pack on the other person. I got it. Okay, so I'm saying May eighth. So does it have to be the decision has to be correct too, or are we both leaning towards it's no, coming back? I it doesn't doesn't matter the decision. It's just the date. So you're gonna go May eighth. Yeah. You know, I'm going to go May 18th. Okay. So Monday. Okay. All right. You're going then for the slow that... Friday news day. Well, I didn't know May 8th was a Friday, but it just felt like the correct date, I guess. I had to pull up the calendar. That's the only reason I know that May is a Friday and the only reason I know May 18th is a Monday, even though if you did the math, you could probably also figure that out. For the 18th. Not that quickly, though. And I I uh, did not put a lot of thought into this, even though the I kind of came up with this on the, off the top of my head there. for, And I formulated it for about a minute, and then I realized I did not put 
uh, nearly <laughs> as much thought into my actual answer as I did uh, formulating the game. But I like that because that makes the week in between those two dates. You're the beginning of a, a weekend. I'm the end of a weekend. It gives that week in the middle. You know, like that's a really major week for both of us because on a Tuesday, you still get the victory. But noon on Wednesday, I mean, it goes to me. And so I think that, yeah, May May 10th through 16th is going to be a highly anticipated week and clearly a week that we should podcast. Yes, there's a lot to look forward to. You'll surely want to tune back in at, at some point and, and see who wins this little challenge. But until then, I, you know, I'm sure we'll talk to you probably once or twice more. Uh, you can follow me on Twitter if you want at Ty underscore Fenwick, and you can follow Derek at Divine Identity. Thanks for listening. Go Blue. Go Blue.